Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Thank you for joining us on another Experts Podcast. My name's Nick Hayes. Hello, Carmen Braidwood. Hi, Nick Hayes. Good to be here. Well, we're going to Sydney. We're going to Sydney for the Experts Podcast uh, today. And we're going to talk to the program that's probably the leader. It drives, well, he used to be in drive, but Breakfast (laughs) Radio is a leader in the space. Ben Fordham, he is a an absolute legend of broadcasting, but he had big shoes to come and fill because he came and stepped in for for good old Alan Jones. And we have his producer, James Willis, executive producer on the program. Welcome, James. G'day, Nick. G'day, Carmen. And, yeah, he's watching on behind us. So uh, let's keep it it PG. Let's keep it PG, but also, too, let's let's do our best uh, for Ben. Hey, James, you, you, you are in the hot seat for pretty much the way that Sydney uh, wakes up in the morning and says, you know what, tuning in, let's find out what's going on. Do you feel the pressure as an executive producer that that responsibility falls at your feet? Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's a few things on that. I think, firstly, you can't overlook what Ben has been able to achieve to keep Uh, the audience that was there from Alan for decades. And there was a feeling amongst media experts that when Alan retired, that um, the audience would just naturally drop off and we wouldn't be able to keep that number one position. Uh, What Ben's been able to do is keep that audience. Uh, We're in a very competitive market. Uh, KISS have won a few surveys over the last few years, but overall we've been dominant in that number one position. Uh, And, you know, we've managed to make a lot of money in terms of advertising revenue as well. So Ben has really led the way that way. He's done a colossal job over the last few years. But it certainly is a daily challenge to wake up, get in there by 3 o'clock, and then really be able to put a show together that we hope is compelling and informative and entertaining and knowing when to pull those strings between, okay, if something's breaking, do we drop everything and just cover an international event or something that's happening uh, in Sydney? Uh, do we do too much politics? When was the last time we had a, a minister on? Are we doing too many ministers? And that light and shade, and Ben's really, really good at being able to say, okay, I think we've been a bit heavy this week. Let's have a lighter show on a Friday. But it's a daily challenge to wake up with a blank canvas and figure out amongst the team what we cover and, and what we leave out between 5.30 and 9 a.m. James, I'd say that no matter where a person listening to this podcast right now lives, they might have dipped in and sampled 2GB over the years or certainly back in the day, Alan Jones. To people who might be familiar with Alan Jones's style and his program, what's what's new, what's fresh with, with hearing um, Ben Fordham in Breakfast? Well, I think it's impossible to compare them because by the time Alan <laughs> retired, he was in his early 80s. Uh, Ben's in his mid-40s, and so, you know, they're not – I think it's really tough to c- compare them. They've, they've both got issues that they 
sort of care deeply about. But where I think Ben has done really, really well is that Alan's great strength was uh, his detail and the amount of research that he put into the topics that he cared about. And Ben has followed suit and we would never do an interview with the Prime Minister or the Premier or anyone in power without uh, doing the research that comes behind it. So, look, we like to, um, when we have to go hard, when we have to offer strong opinions on things we do, but Ben also is very good at saying, well, I think this is a bigger story. This one has got a lot of media coverage. Um, maybe we don't do too much on that today. I think we should do this. So he, he's very good at picking those issues and running with them. But what I've really noticed is that we still get the same amount of emails. We still get the same amount of calls. Uh, the text line has become a big thing over the last two years. So in terms of engagement with listeners and people responding and respecting what Ben says, um, it's been really, really pleasing to see how well that's that's gone for us over the last couple of years. And also a lot of the stories that we do uh, tend to be picked up by other media outlets. And, you know, we take pride if what we do in the morning is on the news at six o'clock or gets quoted in the newspapers and we have politicians that pick up those issues as well. So, yeah, they're the kind of key metrics that we look at in terms of a successful show. James, both Ben and Alan, very passionate about their their topics that they like to cover. And you can see that the, the, the transfer over uh, is with two very passionate presenters. But let's talk about you, the, the executive producer behind the scene. How much of it is you? How much of the program do you throw into it? And, and how much does Ben take on what you say? Well, I think anyone would agree that uh, ultimately the success and the ratings comes down to what goes on air, uh, and Ben would be the, the most important part of that. But we also have a, a really big team behind the scenes. There's uh, five of us in the office from 3 a.m. every day. I've got a great bunch of people working with me. Uh, Sienna's 19, Liam's 23, Angus is 25, Sophia's 25, <laughs> and the guy that presses the buttons that puts it all together, Riley, I think is 19 as well. And wow. uh, we've got young Spiro working for us at night who's 19. But what we do is from 3 a.m. until 5.30 a.m., so two and a half hours pre-prep, is to write as many uh, different stories as we can, which are just one pages, that can kind of be fill-ins during the show, little bits of filler and stuff like that. Some of them are longer. Some of them have bits of audio in them. And then between 5.30 and 9, we're chasing uh, the interviews. We're preparing the interviews. Then between 9 and the rest of the day, we're chasing stuff for the following day, keeping in touch. Follow-ups is a big part of what we do as well. So there's a massive kind of behind-the-scenes operation that goes into uh, a breakfast show like this. And, look, the other guys that are very successful, like Kiss and others, have the same thing. There's a lot of people working behind the scenes to get that polished product on air as we do every day. When it comes to finding, James, uh, the stories that you're going to put in and, the, and the, the talent that you're going to speak to, so the interviews, and there'll be a lot of listeners to this podcast who are keen to get their voice and their story into a show like 2GB Breakfast, how do you find them? Well, what we try to do as a starting point is we always want to use our own stuff before we use other people's stuff. So the backup option for us should always be if we want to cover a story that's in the Sydney Morning Herald or the Financial Review or the Daily Telegraph or the Australian, we can do that, but that should never be before our own stuff. So we look for leads. We get a lot of emails with tip-offs. We sometimes just get phone calls. Um, we also, everyone in the team is 
when they're just about their daily duties often has observations with people and it could be anything from like, I spoke to my cafe owner, his energy bill has tripled in price. And that's a story that often gets a lot more listener engagement than having the same politician on for 10 minutes. So it's about sort of having your eyes and ears switched on and the environment around you and talking to your doctor or talking to, you know, whoever you, you go about in your daily business, your family, your friends, um, you know, your partner, to be able to get little stories that we can sort of take ownership of rather than saying, well, this was in the newspapers today, we're doing a follow-on about this, or that was on the ABC last night, or that was on 60 Minutes last night. So, you know, we, we get very competitive in trying to get exclusive stories that we get first, that we can cover, that other media then cover off the back of us. One of the things I love watching, and you're a regular now at the Meet the Media program, uh, where uh, experts, business owners and leaders can actually learn and find out and understand how the media cycle works. What I do observe when I'm watching you inter- in, engage and integrate there with uh, the people at the that attend that event is that you're an active listener. You, you really are seeking and searching to find that story or that backstory that might not necessarily be as obvious as, uh, you know, so that one that falls straight into your lap. Is this just naturally you? Are you just a, 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 a storyteller, a, a seeker of the truth? Um, I think <laughs> Makes you sound like a superhero, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. I might get that on a business card. Um, I, sometimes, sometimes it can work against me because I get so obsessed with an issue or a story and I feel like we're working on something that would really need a crack team of five or six journalists, but we don't have that, so we have to do all that ourselves. I think there's two things on that. Firstly, the people that go to your events often don't realise how good their story is Mm. and they just need a little bit of confidence to say, hey, mate, that's a yarn. We want to have you on on Monday. And for every event I've been to with you, I've picked up contacts, but in everyone, we've done stories off the back of what we've seen. These people just sort of don't sometimes understand how to get into the media and sort of are looking for some advice. But when they tell their story, within a minute, I'm thinking, well, we could easily do this on air and would happily do it on air. So that's the first part to it. But the the second thing is, Alan Jones said something to me years ago, which was, you have to be interested to be interesting. Mm. And I think that's a really, really kind of good lesson that if you have your ears switched on and you listen to people, then if you've got a slow news day where there's not a lot around, rather than searching the news websites to try and scrap something together, uh, the environment around you and your daily activities can often be a great source of news and information that you wouldn't even realise. And, you know, when you're dealing with critical issues like energy prices, like cost of living, there's so many different examples that you can come at. And sometimes, it, as I said before, it, it's a lot better for us to talk to the owner of a cafe, the owner of a factory um, and, you know, the owner of another business about their energy prices than it is to talk to the energy minister who is likely just going to offer the the usual political spin that most of them do and you don't really get anything done. And people really appreciate hearing those grassroots stories. We did a really good one with housing recently where we spoke to a builder who builds houses um, for a living and that was so fascinating to listen to someone that does that rather than talking to a political person and it got a huge reaction from people agreeing, other stories and stuff like that. So I think um, often when you bring it down to the sort of grassroots level and you have just your average Joe on talking about 
um, a big issue, it, it tends to resonate with people more than just a politician that's on for five or six minutes looking for grabs and looking for a bit of a pat on the back. I love that, James. I love that. I love that a lot because what you've basically said that everyone that's listening here today to the podcast is that you've probably got the story. You just don't have the connection, or you haven't put your hand up to say, "Hey, this is uh, this is what I've got to talk about," and um, I can make it there. Um, I love the fact that you quoted Ellen Jones. You've got to be interested mm. to make it interesting. Mm. Another great, great quote from Ellen Jones. I was at a conference that he was at. He said, uh, uh, "Losers have meetings. Winners have parties." <laughs> uh, yes, I've heard that many times. That's a good I, one. <laughs> I adore that. I, I adore that from Ellen Jones. But that's enough on Ellen. It, it is all about Ben Fordham um, and James Willis. He's he's program. <laughs> Well, it is. Well, Thanks, Ben man. Fordham's program with James Willis, yes. the man behind the scenes. <laughs> is the program itself 2GB and it's the station, uh, it's going great guns, but what, what does it see for the future of radio? What are, you, what are, what are the future stories that you're looking for uh, that isn't just that man on the street, the doctor sort of thing? Is it, is, it, is it all about that human connection that you're trying to make? Yeah, I think what we've noticed in the last uh, six to 12 months, just in terms of the format, is that the the last two radio ratings have included data on streaming and how many people are actually streaming uh, rather than listening on a, a traditional radio or in their car or anywhere else, so through the 2GB app. And we had, I think, almost 30% of the streaming numbers in Sydney for Ben's show. Mm. And I think streaming... Uh, has a big advantage, well, talk radio has a big advantage on streaming because I think if you're a music station, if you're going to stream, you may as well be listening to Spotify or something like that. So mm. we've got a real uh, opportunity there and we're pushing a lot of our uh, audience on there. You know, when things happen in the morning, when news breaks, we often send out push alerts to say, listen, live via 2GB.com. And the other thing that's exploding and we are doing a lot of work on is podcasting and a lot of our podcasts uh, stories for people that don't listen in Sydney or maybe don't have time or they live on the other side of the world sometimes, um, often get really good downloads from editorials that Ben does or big interviews. The one with the Prime Minister the other week had huge numbers. So they're two mediums that we have to get on top of because um, the only way traditional media is going to be able to survive is by switching to podcasting more and more and sort of for us focusing on streaming. But I think in, in general, in terms of our daily content, there still is a lot of political fatigue, which I think started during COVID when there was the daily announcements, which were very <laughs> important. But I think yeah. people by the end of it had enough of, of politics in, in, in many regards. So right now, literally every day we would have a spot available on our show where we're having a bit of a chat about what should we do here as a change of pace? Um, is it a, a lighter story? Like we were going to do one today. We, we didn't have time because uh, a shooting happened in Sydney overnight, so we had to cancel. We'll do it tomorrow. But it was about a guy that had been sitting on a quiet carriage um, outside of Sydney and said, why can't we have quiet carriages on every Sydney train? I love them. It was very relaxing. People had their mobile phones away. And stuff like that are really good talkers, Like, and, and they get a lot of people that maybe don't have a political opinion but have an opinion on a social issue like, you know, screen time or quiet carriages or whatever. So, yeah, we're really looking out for those. But I think the message for uh, your audience is that, you know, 
don't ever think that just because it's the number one media company in the country or it's 2GB or it's the Today Show or it's 3AW in Melbourne that it's too hard to crack. Like you'd be very, very surprised if you make the right approach with the right story just how easy it is to get on the biggest media in town. It's very easy if you make the right approach. And tell me, James, when you get there, how do we avoid stuffing it up? (laughs) Well, the one issue I think we have more than anything else is bad PR pitches. And it often comes from a PR company that has never listened to us uh, but has been engaged by a company or a person to act on their behalf and literally just sends out machine gun fire PR pitches to every agency in town and then calls up straight away and says, hey, can we have this story on air tomorrow? (laughs) And I just have one look at the email and say, you've never listened to us in your life. There's a medium for you. Another radio station might be more appropriate, but it's a waste of their time. It's a waste of the client's time and it's a waste of our time as well. I just think my advice on these things would be wherever you're listening is to start from a radio perspective at least, but there's other ways of doing it with print and TV, is to start to consume talk radio. So whether you're at 6PR in Perth or uh, is it 5AA, Nick, in Adelaide? Yeah, or 4BC in Brisbane, 3AW in Melbourne, 2GB in Sydney. Start to consume it. And if if it's in your wheelhouse and you can hear them talking about it or you see that story in the paper that day, that's a really good time to strike because there's often a day where we go, hey, something's happened uh, there's been a, a, a lunar eclipse or there's been a, something that's washed up on a beach in Perth. We think it's from space. Who's our space guy? And yep. we start to sort of have those people in different fields. And um, Nick, in the, in the things that I've been to with you, like there, there's a lot of experts that are good talkers that are experts in a space that we know nothing about. Yeah. And you've got to find a way to become the expert for that particular program or for that particular station. You've got to remember, Ray Hadley follows us, then Deb Knight, then Chris O'Keefe, Why um, World of Sports, John Stanley at night, Luke Grant overnight. There's a lot of opportunities there yeah. to approach an individual show, get someone on, and then guess what? When we need someone in that same space, the first thing someone in my office says is, hey, last week they had a really good space expert on Luke Grant's show overnight. Let's have them on in mm-hmm. a week from now and, and get their take on what's going on. What I love about that, James, is is it also to, you know, people when they're pitching stories and PR companies are notorious for this, they, they want to pitch for their client at the time that's relevant for them, not necessarily the time that's relevant for the, the media cycle or, or the timeliness of the story. But it's another big thing to make yourself known to producers like yourself, and I've seen producers right across the country and journalists right across the country, they're looking for media talent they're looking for media assets that might be something for their show down in the future because i think you know you just mentioned before off air that uh, the media cycle it changes it moves it's busy but you're always looking for that person that i might be able to fill in or might be able to you know contact and i've had plenty of calls in the past Mm -hmm. from producers that have said who was that person that psychologist that was at the (laughs) melbourne meet the media um want to contact and connect um is that what you're looking for because you're looking to build a book of experts and commentators that you can call upon because right there right now might not necessarily be the story but for experts they can put their hand up and say when the time is right that's right and during covid we were 
desperate for as many different opinions as possible. And you note those uh, epidemiologists that most people have never even heard of were suddenly <laughs> on TV and radio every day and they were sort of desperate to, uh, we were desperate to have them on and, and get fresh voices and stuff like that. So what I said before is right, but the other thing to note is most media will want uh, exclusivity, so they'll, they'll, they'll want to be first with the story. So, and, and that's where you've got to think about where your story also suits. Now, if it's quite comprehensive with a lot of data and it's a little bit dry maybe, but it's very important, then you would be much better served contacting a newspaper than you would to a radio station who in a 10-minute segment um, may not have time to do the story justice. So that's really important when you're thinking about where you're pitching to is to start to consume as much media as you can and think in your head, okay, if I get this on air somewhere, if I can get this in mainstream media, where is it best going to look? And you have to sort of imagine what that would look like. And if it's mm. the front page of a newspaper, go for it. Uh, reach to the relevant reporter. If it's an environment issue or if it's a legal issue uh, or if it's a political issue, whatever, and these people are very easy to contact. I mean, most uh, producers, most journalists, and a lot of guys in TV have definitely LinkedIn profiles. Most of them have their email addresses available on their pages. And you'd be very, very surprised that if you've got something good, nine times out of 10, they'll run it. Uh, there's mm. often days with us where we've got a, a spare spot and it's very last minute or someone pulls out and... We're just looking for something. We're looking for a last-minute thing, and that's where you want to be someone that's emailed us and said, look, I've got this story. If you want to use it, it's fine, because you'd be surprised. Sometimes we just go, hey, this guy contacted us the other day. It's a good story. We were going to have room for it, but we might now. Why don't we just do it for five minutes as something a little bit different? And that's where you've got to be ready to go. Is it necessary to think through Beautiful. things like the talkback angle? Like, do you need people to pitch to you what your listeners might call in and talk about after they've been on? No, I think most of the time, if that was what it, well, look, we often, I quite like listening to studio guests when they take talkback. I like it when politicians do that because I think that's, it's something that, John Laws used to do great. You'd have Paul Keating in the studio and just take random calls. And they and our listeners really appreciate that connection. But the segments that go off, and this is where uh, there could be some some good stuff for, for your clients as well, is that it could be a nutritionist, it could be uh, an expert in, in, in legal affairs or something like that. If they said to you, come into the studio for half an hour and take calls, you'd jump at that opportunity to be able to respond to people on the spot. We're desperate at the moment to get some of the big banks to have someone come in and talk about scams hmm. because so many people are confused about scams. But if you're an expert in that space, like our tech guys like Trevor Long and Charlie Brown, people have so many questions for them when they're on. And we like doing that as a bit of a you know public service medium to say, okay, we've got a nutritionist in the studio for the next 20 minutes. Um, they're happy to take your calls. What would you like to ask about? So those things are really good. Um, I just think... The more you listen, also don't be afraid. If you've just heard a politician or someone on air talking to a radio station about a topic that you know backwards and you want to comment on that and you're an expert in that field, just ring in. Hmm. Literally hmm. ring the open line number and say, hey, um, I worked on this case for, for five years or I'm an expert in this space. I want to 
uh, dispute a few of the things the minister just said, I mean, that is the easiest way to get on. And guess what? When we put someone on like that, if they're a very good talker and communicator and they make a lot of good points, Ben and I go, hey, that person was great. Get their number. Let's mm-hmm. keep them in the system for the next time this comes up. That's such a it's such a, a great message for everyone that's listening is that you've got to take the proactive approach to do that. Don't wait for media to come to you, to find you, to you know make you known. You've you've got to make yourself known, and I and I and I'm, I'm a big believer in that. And picking up the phone to do talkback is is just as powerful. Whether you've been asked to come on or whether you're putting your two cents worth. Uh, be good at it, deliver it, and 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 also to let the producer at the other end say, look, I have 20 years military experience or I've got 15, 20 years in the health space. It's mm. so powerful. And also, too, for James, for your program, it reinforces, obviously, that the topic that you're talking about and the listeners that are involved, that you are bringing together a solution or you're bringing together uh, a program that is engaging the whole of the audience. You're, you're more than just the the few, of, you know, the few listeners that are sitting back in uh, in Banksia Town, um, tuning into the wireless. <laughs> and don't be afraid to rattle the cage a little bit as well. If if it's the host talking about mm. something you know about backwards, uh, feel free to call in and and politely have a a dispute with them. They're always the best talkback callers when you've got a bit of a, a clash going on. But you know, you 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 you're that, that is, in my view, that is the easiest way to start building a profile. And a lot of people that are in the media now started by just the, a random interview or a random call like that. And now suddenly um, every media company has a health expert and they've got a, a psychiatrist that they can go, okay, there's a story. Who do we talk to about this? They've got a crime expert. Uh, we had COVID experts for a long period of time. We've got energy experts. So you've got to think to yourself, how can I become the expert in that space for that show in my home city? And believe me, once you do it and you do it well, when we do good interviews on good stories, I get a text message from the Today Show or from Nine News or from Mm -hmm. uh, the other media companies and from the newspapers saying, hey, can I have that person's contact? Yeah. And, And all you've got to do is get in once. And then we all work together to, to share contacts. And we do it the same way. When the, when the Herald writes a story on their front page, quoting an expert, we say, hey, do you have that person's number? So the media is so small. We all work together um, in terms of sharing context and, and information and stuff like that. So once you're in, uh, that's, that's the hardest part is getting in the front door. And then it's pretty easy from then on. You guys are very good at the the post interview, the digital marketing of your stories. And you, you mentioned the the interview that Ben Fordham did with the Prime Minister. I think that just went almost viral mm-hmm. in that Ben was insistent. He was going after the Prime Minister saying, no, no, Prime Minister, I'm not reading from the no's uh, 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 pledge there. How much work goes into that? Because... You guys, not just are going to air, I see you guys 24-7. You're in all my digital marketing feeds. You're everywhere. <laughs> how much work goes into behind the scenes from your end? Well, in terms of how we sell it at the end of the day, and there's a lot of people behind the scenes that, um, you know, do a lot of great work on that. A guy on our team called Angus leads the way there. But, I mean, without sort of giving it all away, we deliberately from at about 930 um, schedule them throughout the day so that you don't just put them all out at once so that when there's a lot of social media traffic at night, you suddenly the, the Prime Minister interview pops up. 
We use videos. We use just little uh, photos or tiles with a quote on them. They always go quite well. And then the whole idea is to link them all back to the podcast or to the 2GB thing. In terms of the preparation for interviews, well, if it's the Prime Minister and Ben leads the way on this stuff, but it a, an interview like that would come together um, with three, four hours' work at least. And it's not just reading uh, information, but it's it's often talking to uh, talking to people that are involved in the issue. Ben's done a great job with The Voice because he speaks regularly to a number of uh, Indigenous people from both sides of the debate who offer sort of updates on how things are going, observations, and, you know, we encourage that as much as possible. But we would never do uh, an interview with a politician like the Prime Minister or the Premier without putting the work in the night before. The main reason for that is that if you leave it to the morning of, you might get it done, but if suddenly you've got a really busy show where there's a lot going on and breaking news, you literally don't have the time to put it all together. So, mm. yeah, it's a night before job. It's a pain. There's some late nights involved, but ultimately when you've got a 15, 20-minute interview, that one I think was 30 minutes plus with the PM the other day, like it's so worth it. It is worth it. You're proud of it. You want to sell it to the world and, you know, do everything else. So it's it's definitely worth it to put the hard yards in. Could you give us a few thoughts, James, on striking that balance between maintaining a healthy relationship with the Prime Minister, even though you need to grill them at times? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, the new Premier in New South Wales, Chris Minns, has a great relationship with us and, and quite he made a very interesting decision uh, a few months before the election in March where there was an old system in media where every exclusive would go to the, the print, the newspapers in the morning, and that would be the big banner in the news agent window and you'd buy the paper on the way to work and all that sort of stuff. And then Chris Minns sort of started coming to us and saying, hey, I want to break this story on your show. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and he realised the value of doing that on, on 2GB and then he started to come on and make some very big announcements on our show, which then the other media took on. So we, we've got a pretty good relationship with their government. And I think, look, politics is funny, but sometimes when there's a change of government and we're, we're really harsh on them, um, they sort of think we're the enemy. But ultimately, I, I sort of feel like that's the bad way to go about it because... Mm. We're gonna we'll be surviving for a lot longer than a government or a politician nine times out of ten. So um, we really work hard on those relationships to keep them because often if it's a brand new government and there's a big story, well the easiest way to put that to bed is to call us and say, hey, listen, just so you know, the former guys put this in place. We're actually clearing it up. So the mm. best political operators in the offices, uh, and there's plenty of them in Canberra and also in Macquarie Street in New South Wales are the ones that get on the front foot and say, do you want our guy on for two minutes? Um, we'll, we'll put him up and say we're investigating this or just so you know, here's a little bit of background from the story that was in the newspaper this morning. So, yeah, but we work hard on those relationships because they're super important. We're almost run out of time, James, and uh, you've given us some incredible insights into what is Australia's biggest uh, breakfast program, or is it arguably 3AW, Ross and Russell? How much do you look at over there, what Ross and Russell are doing? <laughs> I think <laughs> I remember being in Melbourne once and we were broadcasting from the 3AW studios and 
uh, I was listening to our show go to air where we were slamming a politician and then I walked down the corridor <laughs> and Ross and Russ are doing rhyming slang for 10 minutes. <laughs> it's a different and show. Huh? It's, it's the most incredible thing ever. Look, they are phenomenal broadcasters and Ross Stevenson is one of the best in the business. He's been around for a million years. He does a wonderful job. But mm. uh, it, it's, it's a very fascinating difference because they kind of put their show together on the run the morning of. Um, they see what's going on. They have meetings in the morning. But, look, I, I actually really enjoy listening to them because it's so, well, it's so Melbourne, to be honest, but mm. it's very, very different to us because it's just light. It's two guys having a chat. It's very funny. Um, and their audience is just massive. Mm. So, yeah, we're, we're very lucky to call them um, our sister station in Melbourne, but they're certainly a very different show to, to what we put together uh, every morning. And I don't think their show would work in Sydney and I don't think our show would work in, in Melbourne. Would you go over to Melbourne Would you uh, if you got the call up? Oh, I love Melbourne. Um, I don't like the weather that much, <laughs> but I think it's an incredible city. I love their sporting complex and how easy it is to get to everything um I, i'd be up for that but i i sort of i made a decision of, a, a few years ago that when a job offer came up in tv that i've always just really liked radio and there's something incredible about the fact that when something breaks we can get someone on the phone within a matter of seconds to be describing what's happening at the scene while the tvs and the prints are um sort of on their way and setting the cameras up or getting the story in the paper for the following day. There's something, the immediacy of radio has always blown me away. And we've done some great stories recently where uh, there's been a shooting or, you know, there was a terrible shooting in uh, America last year at a, a primary school. And one of our guys tracked down the mechanic that was in the, um, the business across the road from the school. Wow. Just by a number of phone calls on Google and, did this incredible live cross describing what was going on and we put all that together in five minutes yeah. so there's something beautiful about the way that radio all comes together and i i'm absolutely in love with it and i hope i can do it for the rest of my life oh, i love that james and I think, you know what radio is almost that social media it's that social media original social media it's instant it's there but it just has that so much more credibility with you know the quality and the control checks that you know people like yourself put through hey um very quickly um ben fordham what's he like to work with is he <laughs> is he is he uh the, the 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 guy that we've saw on channel nine and the guy that is he is he is he hard to work with no i not at all otherwise i wouldn't i wouldn't work um for him no he is uh he is one of the most generous people i've ever met in my entire life he's very loyal to his staff he is very helpful. And one of the things I've noticed with Ben, probably more than anyone that I've come across in, in media, is that when your time's up and you want to move on to the next challenge, he will get you any job that you want. And, wow. and literally, he will push. He will give you the best reference. He'll call the boss and say, you've got to hire this person. Um, we lost one to the Today Show over the break. We lost another one to a current affair. And one of our guys, the old executive producer, Zach McLean, is now the chief of staff of the Daily Telegraph. So he's very good at getting people um, the job that they want. Look, every day is intense. And the only way that Ben can do what he does is to have meticulous standards and to be working at a million miles an hour. It's not for everyone, but it's certainly the best learning environment if you want to be 
um, uh, in the media for a long period of time. And so that's why our guys, and I've got a super team, they're never sick, they're never late. That's why they get in at 3 a.m. every day because they know they're part of something that's incredible. And we're very proud of what we do on air and we think we offer a great service and um, to the people of Sydney, but certainly for them to be working with Ben is just uh, a unique and incredible environment. So, yeah, you won't hear a bad word from me about Betty Ford. <laughs> and listen to the ages of the kids on that team, like 19 years old through to 23. It's obviously far better than university yeah. when it comes to getting a media job. Well, that's true. And a few of our guys still do uni as well and they're studying and we kind of encourage them to do that. But the craziest thing about the transition was that on Alan's team, I was the youngest member of staff and now I'm the oldest. <laughs> and now there's days where I go, what are you guys talking about? And I've sort of had to get into TikTok just so I can talk to them in the office and you know, they listen to music that I've never heard of. When do you think that happens? Do you, and I'm sure you guys, everyone goes through it at some stage, mm. but there, there comes a time when you go into a nightclub or a pub that you used to go to and you thought was trendy and you look around and you're like, I look like I'm picking my kids up. Yeah. Like when does that, it feels like it, that's, that's happened to me for sure. Oh, oh James, it's happen, it'll happen to you a couple of times. It's happened to me twice over already. Um, I'm old enough to be their grandfather in many cases. So but You know what? It's, it's, it's actually for me, it's kind of given me a new lease on life and it's given me a lot of energy to be working with young, talented mm. people that want to learn and want to engage and love what they do. So it's been really refreshing for me. But, um, yeah, and that's a credit to Ben. Ben's always had a great stable. And the other thing we always do really well, and if anyone listening to this ever wants to – come and sit on the show is that we love having people in for work experience mm. maybe the next person that wants to come along and um because we've got a night edit a job we've got seven jobs on our show and every couple of years someone decides to have a change of scenery and we're always looking for um the next cab off the rank i'd also yeah. say i'd really encourage everyone listening that the events that nick runs are just fantastic and it really is the best way to be you know bridging the gap and, and getting into the media uh, I think if you go along to one of these things, you'll meet people in TV, you'll meet people in print, you'll meet people in radio, and you'll build those connections on the spot. And that's the easiest way uh, to to get an interview over the line. Every time I've been to one, I've um I've picked up an interview. And the last one that was great. The story we did the other day about the Australian made app uh, with Michael. Bring back, bring back, bring back Australia. Well, you know that that was on. We met him at Nick's event. He was on Ben's show that morning. Uh, I had him on the drive show a few weeks later when I was filling in for a week and he was on the Today Show that morning as well. Hmm. So yeah. it's very, very easy at these events to make those contacts and get yourself into the media. It's a very good point too, Beautiful. James. And I, we've got to wrap it up, but I, I, I can't leave without asking. You, so you do the fill-in. You do fill-ins for presenting. Is it is it a, present, a presenter's role on the, on the cards here for you? Oh, that's the dream, but I think I wouldn't do it justice if I – took a job uh, in talk radio doing that. Look, our average audience is 50 years plus, and that's a lot of life experience. And I think that does count sometimes for things. So for me, I've done it twice, love doing it, got a great response, really good feedback. And uh, it's really interesting to be on the other side of the glass and working with producers because you understand how they work. And it also allowed me to understand how Ben works a little mm. bit yeah. more as well, to be on the other side of the glass. And, you know, when you're on air and, you don't have time to think and all those sort of things. But, yeah, I absolutely love that. And fingers crossed I get to uh, do it again soon before the end of the year. 
Well, well done, James. You've been very, very generous with your time here today. Carmen, another great one, and I think just so much gold um, that you can get from what James has just said. And uh, I think if you take that away, you can do something and you can improve the way that you communicate with media. Oh, totally. And, yeah, any, you know, budding media person, I think that opportunity to sit and do media uh, work experience inside the studio to see how that show runs, the baptism of fire that it takes to make it happen. So, yeah, get amongst it. Well done, James. James, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, I think LinkedIn. Just go onto LinkedIn and I'm easily available there. Just James Willis 2GB. And, yeah, just send me a message and look forward to seeing you soon. We'll see you on October the 19th for the Sydney Meet the Media and uh, appreciate your very nice little plug for that. There's 50 (laughs) bucks coming your way. And, uh, (laughs) no. Great to have you on the podcast and uh, look forward to seeing you live. And, and and it is a very good point. Get to the events because there's nothing that actually uh, does more value to you and your brand than when you can do an eye-to-eye contact with uh, the media, whether it's print, radio or television. Well, that's it for us for another Experts podcast. We look forward to having your company next week when we talk to another media or another expert. Ta-da. You've been listening to The Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.